For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. What's up, Addicts? The Kansas City Chiefs are 10-1 and one after, I can't call it a whooping. It was a half a whooping. But the Chiefs defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady, who is the temporary GOAT, 27-24. to 24. A little bit closer, I think, than it probably should have been. Matt Verderam, your initial reaction to that game? They won. They're 10-1. and one. You've got to be thrilled with the record. Look, the bottom line is the bottom line in the NFL. The Chiefs went on the road. They won against a good team. The team's certainly going to be in the playoffs. And they didn't get any injuries. I mean, that's – you can't ask for a whole heck of a lot more than that. You really, I, I know, and we'll get into all of it, it wasn't the second half you wanted to see in a lot of respects. But they won. And now they come home and they play a Denver team that, let's face it, they should roll. So, uh, all in all, very, very happy with how things went. Yeah, it, look, you know, we've been a little bit annoyed with the Chiefs the last couple of weeks because yeah. they just haven't played up to the standards that we have for them. This game started off like, you know, they were making good on those expectations. And, and things got a little dicey there in the second half. But I'm not annoyed with them. I've been very annoyed with them the last couple of weeks. Uh, it was a little frustrating, but I, when we start breaking it down here, I think I think we all agree that it, it it wasn't. It was just a couple little things here and there. All right, let's let's uh let's dive in a little bit though. So Chiefs twenty seven, Bucks twenty four. Apologize for the clanking in the in the background. I live in a hundred year old condo. It has radiator heat, and you know every once in a while it sounds like there's a a man just banging a wrench on the uh, on the uh, the radiators, good times. You, you've had some fun experiences with radiators, haven't you, in Chicago, Verderam? I sure did. Uh, yeah, when I moved to Chicago, the damn radiator heat, which is like, 
the one thing I didn't want to deal with, but the apartment was a nice apartment. Actually, to your credit, you found it, and it was a nice, really nice place. So I was like, all right, you know, that's cool. It was right down the street from the office. And one morning, I wake up, and the fire alarm's going off. And I will preface all this by saying my biggest fear on earth is being caught in a fire. It just is. So I wake up, like, that's not great. And the dog is, like, whimpering. And I'm looking at the bottom of my, my doorway, and I'm in the bedroom, and there's steam coming in. And I was like, well, it doesn't look like smoke. What the hell's going on? And I opened the door, and it's just basically a sauna. What had happened, obviously, was the radiator blew. So I go running over to try to stop it. There's water all over the floor, slip, flying to the wall, get up, get over there. The, the owner of the building never put the gasket on the, on the little sprocket to turn it off. And so in my moment of like, I just need to turn this thing off. I knew I was going to burn the crap out of my hand, but I was like, I just, I have to just do it. So I grabbed it and just started turning. I could just hear the skin cooking like bacon. (laughs) Oh man. And, uh, turned it off enough to get the steam to stop, but still had to get the fire department out there because they, they they gave you like a power wrench to turn the thing. I had to wrap my hand. Luckily it wasn't too bad. Four or five days. It was good to go. Um, didn't even get a free month's rent out of it. Like they were willing to fight me to the death over it. <laughs> I still think you had a lawsuit that, on your hands. They got to they got to have those radiators covered up, man. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and I Yeah, but then I thought to myself, I was like that was so dumb. I should have just grabbed like a towel. But in that moment, I was like, well, I just need to turn it now. You know, and um I got lucky. It, it didn't end up being awful. But yeah, after that, I was done with radiator heat. That was never again for me. I I saw your hand the next day and it was it wasn't pretty. It was not good. I remember I told uh, our old our old coworker Mike Allardyce, yeah, and I was like, Dice, listen, man, I don't know if I can tight. And you know, he we had just started working together. He's like, What do you mean you can't tight? Come on. And I, I walked down to the office and I was like, Look at my hand, Dice. Look at my hand. And he's like, All right, yeah, you can't tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That my hand was, was like uh, I had like five hot dogs for fingers. Yeah, not what you want to see. Uh, this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Just want to say off the top how much we appreciate you guys. You've been really bringing it with the reviews yes. over on Apple Podcasts. Please keep that up if you haven't subscribed or if you haven't left us a review yet. Please leave us a written review over there. I want to I give a big shout out to Chief's mom who left us a, uh, a review on uh, the 26th of November. She says, well-rounded, Buckeyes, Pelotons, and some of the best Chiefs intel around. Thanks for keeping it fun and interesting. I was Casey when Casey wasn't cool, just like you guys. Keep up the great work. So this, this is a good, that's a good review. That's right a there. damn good I'm, review. I'm digging that. That's a damn Any, good review. Anybody who can recognize that we like, to, we like to keep the show varied and interesting, talk about different things, and that we are definitely, neither of us are cool. Uh, yeah, it's good. This is good stuff. I, it's Chief's mom. I'm thinking it's probably Randy Mahomes that left this review. Got to be, right? Sure. Sure. Yeah, let's go with that. Got to call him Patrick. Uh, yeah, that's right. We will call him Patrick. Okay. Let's dive into the game. So <clears throat> we always like to start with our predictions. Uh, a little lower, a little bit lower scoring than we thought. Uh, yep. I had it Chiefs 38, Bucks 31. I did think it was the Bucks could keep it close. You had it Chiefs 33, Bucks 24. Uh, you, well, I was you right on the Bucks. Nail on the head on the Bucks, yeah. Um, but uh, Chiefs came up a little short for you. But really, they shouldn't have. And, and let's get into that. But let's talk about yep. the good first, right? Okay. Chiefs come out of the gate. I've got written down here, Mahomes and Hill went God mode in the first half. Tyreek Hill, one of the great all-time games. I have to double-check the, the rankings, but I think he tied 
somebody for the 15th best receiving yes. game of all yep. time. That's correct. Um, and he absolutely went off 13 receptions, 269 yards, three touchdowns. And of course, the guy throwing him the ball, Patrick Mahomes, sensational, 37 for of 49, 462 yards, three touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, four rushes for 28 yards, two of those rushes for key first downs to help salt away the game. I mean, what were you thinking early on when they were just like, it looked like they were playing Madden on arcade rookie mode? I mean, it was one of the wildest games I've ever seen. Hill had 200 some odd yards in the first quarter. And Bananas. Let, and, and this isn't a two my own horn thing. I just want to point out, this is why you listen to this podcast. We talked about this game and how we thought it might go. And the last time we talked, we talked about the fact that Hill was going to have a huge game in this game because they were going to try to take away Kelsey. And they were going to trust those corners, and they were going to trust that they got home, and that's exactly what happened. They put Carlton Davis, who, who should retire after that game, on Tyreek Hill and said, we believe we're going to get pressure, and we believe that we can cover Hill for two seconds, two and a half seconds. Well, they got pressure at times, but they didn't get enough pressure, and Mahomes just over and over and over. I mean, shot play after shot play. That 75-yard touchdown pass was ridiculous. That ball 60-some-odd in the air. I, maybe not quite a dime, but damn near close. Walks in the end zone. The third touchdown pass was unbelievable. I mean, that ball couldn't have been any better placed. But just as a perspective on this game, okay, Tyreek Hill came into the day with 752 receiving yards. Okay, great year. Ten touchdown catches. Awesome season. He came in with the 14th most receiving yards in the NFL. He's now over 1,000 and has 13 touchdowns. He's leading the league in touchdowns. And I believe, I believe he's leading the league in receiving yards after that. He is. He is. And do you know who's number two in receiving yards? Is it Kelsey? It's Travis Kelsey. I was about to say, I knew, I knew Kelsey had to be top three. Yeah, so... I mean, that's where you are right now at the Chiefs. Hill went from 14 to 1 in a day. Mahomes, by the way, 462 yards, 9.4 in attempt, three touchdowns, no picks. He did have he did throw two actually, although one was he knew it was a free play. The other one he got uh, the personal foul calls got taken away. So he ends up with three and none officially. 30 touchdowns, two picks. Best ratio in the NFL. He now is at almost just a tick under uh 3,500 passing yards. Nobody else is even at, at 3,300. In fact, nobody else is even at 3,202. Watson is at 3,201. What, went, what turned an MVP conversation interesting a few weeks ago has now become a full-on boat race. Um, they, are, they are an unbelievable offense. And it shouldn't go, no, by the way, real quickly, must go notice. The Chiefs ran the ball, 20 carries, 87 yards, 4.4 yards in attempt. Against the defense, it's the best in the league against the run. When the Chiefs had to run the ball in this game, they did it. I, I was impressed by that. When they weren't getting holding penalties. Yes, which, believe me, we're going to touch on that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, just an absolutely incredible start for Kansas City in this game. Kelsey also had what, what we call a quiet game for Travis Kelsey, given all the fireworks, yeah. eight receptions, 82 yards, you know, second in the NFL. Very good game. Um, and then on, on the defensive side of the ball, there were some bright spots. Uh, Matthew and Breland got picks. Matthews was kind of a gift because Tom Brady threw the ball and hit, I think it was Sorensen in the helmet. 
and the ball bounced right to, to Tyron Matthew. Breland's pick was sensational interception. He had blanket coverage. The Chiefs got pressure. And this is what you predicted that the Chiefs would do in this game and what we were hoping that they would do after that Raiders game, which was send the heat, keep the pressure on Brady, and, and we'll talk about it when we get into the bad section of the game or things that didn't go well. They got beat for some big plays, quite a number of big plays. So it was a little bit of high risk, high reward. But I would say, especially early on, before the Buccaneers had a chance to adjust, this was this really worked in the Chiefs' favor. It gave them the opportunity to get out to a lead, a big lead. It should have been even bigger. And the, the Buccaneers did, to their credit, start to kind of figure it out a little bit. But by then, it was too late. They weren't able to come back. What do you think of the defensive game plan, especially early? I thought defensively the Chiefs early were terrific. I love that they were aggressive. They forced Brady to make some throws down the field. And, hey, you know what, to his credit, he did make a few throws down the field, especially the Gronk, the one touchdown to Evans on the fourth down. Um, but I thought the answer in this game was getting him uncomfortable. And it, it created a big turnover with the Breland pick. And it – I don't want to say created the second turnover. The second turnover was a bad throw by Brady. Um, but I thought it did a lot of good things. And look, we could sit here and parse this 18 ways to Sunday, right? Like, and, and I will bring up some of the, the things I didn't like what I saw. But essentially, they gave up one real big run. They gave up a 34-yard run. Okay, now you can't – I hate when people say, well, if you take that out. But if you do, just set that aside for a second. The Bucks the rest of the day, 12 carries. And, and let's take out the kneel down from Brady, Okay. So 11 carries, which is ridiculous. I only carry the ball 11 times other than that one big run. Uh, 11 carries for 42 yards. Nothing. And you don't mind with Brady. Look, Brady threw for some yards because they were down the entire game, and he had to just keep throwing them back into it. If the Chiefs force two picks, they're going to win almost every game. They're just going to. If they turn the ball over on the other team twice, they're going to find a way – to win the game more often than not. I did not have a problem um, with that. I thought the defense played reasonably well. To get to the negative quick, I will say, they're paying two guys a lot of money up front to get pressure. I got to start seeing it. Frank Clark and Chris Jones again. I mean, the only time I heard Frank Clark's name is when he took two personal fouls in the same drive. And Chris Jones... The first one was an accident, right? The second one one was inexcusable. He was just – the, the ball was out. He was just like – it seemed like he was pissed off and he just wanted to sock Brady in the face, yeah, I, which, you know, I, I kind of enjoyed. But like you're up 30 to 10 with three it. minutes left. You want to do that? Go for it. Like, I, I don't care. But that, to me, is the biggest concern I have coming out of this game, okay, along with one other thing I'll, I'll get to briefly. They have got to get pressure when they're not blitzing. Like, they have too much talent up front not to be able to get a lick of pressure. I get it. You know, you're going to face smart quarterbacks to get the ball, but come on now. There were times Brady was just sitting back there. He had all day to throw the ball. The Bucks left tackle Donovan Smith. is a good player, but he missed a whole week with, with a, an ankle injury. He was a game-time decision. Clark's got to beat him occasionally. Like They need something. Chris Jones has got to just win quick occasionally up the middle. You're paying these guys $180 million combined. Like, you have to do something. They You're not one there tackle. to stop them. It's a joke. I mean, come on. You know, and people wonder, like, well, why was the guy open? Why was Gronkowski open on that? But, well, my God, they had to cover him for five seconds. He's going to get open. Like, it's just – that is the biggest problem I have right now because I'll say this. If there's an avenue to beat Kansas City, 
it's probably not getting into a shootout. But if the offense has a bad day for them, it probably means 27 points. Like, that's the one problem I could see with the Chiefs. If they don't get pressure and you just have a situation like a, like a game against Buffalo or something where Allen's got all day to throw the football, you've got to find a way to get pressure. That was my only problem with the defense. I thought the coverage, by and large, was pretty good. I thought the run defense was fine other than, again, the one big run. I thought they tackled well for the most part in the game. But they need to get some more pressure. The pressure was just not good enough, and they didn't blitz. Here's a big concern that jumped out at me. The Chiefs won the time of possession, 36 minutes and 47 seconds, to 23 minutes and 13 seconds. Yet this was a three-point game. The Chiefs gave up, since we've started talking about the defense, let's just dive in. They give up big plays, plays of 48 yards to Gronkowski, a play of 44 yards to Godwin, play of 31 yards to Evans, and a 37-yard play to Ronald Jones. Again, they're blitzing a lot, high risk, high reward, and they made some good plays as well. But I think you're right. I think it comes down to, I mean, in a game where the offense dominated so much early, where they held the ball for more than 10 minutes longer than the opponent, Yep. And you're giving up these huge plays. That's the problem for me is they're moving down the field too fast. I know, you know Bruce Arians at Tampa Bay, they like to take big shots downfield. But how much does that concern you? Because we've seen this rear its head before against the, the Raiders the first time around. I think we are getting – we're getting to a situation with the Chiefs where the defense is becoming concerning. And I've been one who says, hey, look, you know what? First game against the Raiders, okay, aberration, which I think it was, by and large. They, they played a lot of good games after that. They did not play a good game against Carolina defensively. They were not awful in that game, but they were not, they were not what they need to be. They were flat-out horrific last week. Horrific. Mahomes completely bailed them out, and they won that game. This week, look, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far or anything. I thought defensively in this game, they were good for a long stretch of the game. I mean, hell, they only gave up 10 points going into the fourth quarter. Like, I, I don't want to make this worse than it was. They got a couple of big turnovers. But you have to feel like – if they, look, these are first-world problems. They're 10-1. and one. They just went and, and, and beat the Bucs and had 500-some-odd yards. The reason we talk about this is, look, this is the only way they're going to lose in January. This is it. Because nobody's stopping Mahomes. Nobody. The only way they're losing in January is their defense just wetting itself and giving up 40 points. And, and, and that may not even be enough, depending on how, how Mahomes is going that day. But the Chiefs have to mitigate these big plays. And I think a huge part of that, I think it's part and parcel, they have got to get to the quarterback without having to send everybody. You can't, it's, a strategy cannot always be to just blitz a casino blitz and bring six guys every play because you have no other way to get pressure. And I don't know whether that means Spagnuolo moving some guys around. Maybe it means putting Jones on the outside. You go with some beef on the inside. Maybe that means bringing some more stunts, some more loops, whatever. And I, the, the good side of this is they got a month and a half for the playoffs. I trust Spagnuolo to figure a lot of this out. Because to be fair, this was about the time last year when they, they cranked it up. So, and, the, and I think the personnel is there. It's not like the talent's not there. They're just not executing at a level they need to be executing at. That said... They held Tampa to 24 points. And if they hold teams to 24 points, they're not going to lose. Like with the Chiefs, it is about how many points did they give up. I don't care about the yardage. I don't care about the time of possession. 
I don't care about rushing yardage at all. How many points did they give up? They gave up 24. They're not going to lose if they give up 24. They won today, and the offense could have had more. They had the turnover in the red zone. They, they, they had the fourth and a foot at the goal line that they didn't, they didn't go for. Um, yeah, so they could have blown them out. That said, it, they won the game, but the defense has got to be better with getting, a, getting some pressure. One interesting thing about this game was how little, and I, this is kind of in their DNA with Arians, how little Tampa Bay ran the football. They ran 13 times for 75 yards. It's 5.8 yards per carry, but that has, has a one Brady carry for a, you know, a loss of one yard in there. Ronald Jones, who's an excellent back, nine carries, 66 yards. He averaged 7.3 yards per carry, had that 34-yard uh, run. When you got Brady, he's getting pressure. He can't throw the ball downfield. I heard um, I, 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 Brandon Marshall talking about this on uh, First Things First with Nick Wright on Fox Sports uh, last week, saying why aren't why aren't Tampa why isn't Tampa Bay running the ball more to help Brady? It doesn't make any sense, and we saw it in this game. I feel like if they give Ronald Jones ten more carries, do you think this game turns out differently? Um. No, only because I thought the, the game dictated that. And you're right about Irons, by the way. They, they ran the ball five times against New Orleans a few weeks ago. It's fewest in NFL history. Um, the reason I say no, and I think the points will take, and look, they need to be more balanced as a whole, Tampa, for sure. But I just think when you get down 17 nothing against Mahomes, you've got to consider two things. A, you're down 17 nothing. B, you're down 17 nothing to a team that's probably going to keep scoring. And you have to score and score a lot get back in the game so now the, the bigger problem i have with arians is like as the game wore on you could almost tell brady just was like screw this i'm playing my offense like i'm i'm throwing the ball underneath i'm doing things i want to do and it worked and arians at times and, I, and i'm a bruce arians fan both personally and professionally but i think he's a, a great guy and a hell of a coach but he wants to get the deep ball and if teams take that away they sometimes get caught flat-footed um, but if Tampa's going to go anywhere, they got to run the ball more. They have to. You just can't get into these games. And they've had a problem with this. Look, they got down 10 nothing to Green Bay. They ended up winning, but they got down. The Saints blew them out. The Rams scored a bunch of points on them early. The Chiefs got up. I mean, Chiefs got up 17 nothing. Look, I get it. Like, the Bucs got back in the game, but let's also call a spade a spade. If Kansas City really had to go pedal to the metal offensively in this game, the whole game, they probably would have scored 40 smart points. That's just my opinion, but, you know, take it for what it's worth. All right, let's take a quick break. On the other side, we will be back, break down some more of this game. We'll take a look at the AFC, and we'll start previewing next week's game. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. All right, we are back. The Kansas City Chiefs have defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-24. to 24. All right, let's dive into some more of the specifics of kind of what went wrong. Why did the Chiefs slow down? I jotted down a couple things on the bad side of the ledger. Second half sluggishness, right? They had some miscues and they had some penalties. You had the Mahomes strip sack, which they were on, I think, about the 10-yard line. They were going to go in at least add three more points to their total. Uh, there was the play early on, which I didn't get to see because – uh, the game didn't start because they were, for some reason, showing the end of the Indianapolis game. Always fun to uh, see a kneel down. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I was like, what is going on? And then they went to commercial, and I didn't understand what was happening. Anyway, um, so the Chiefs got down to about the one-foot line on their opening drive, and 
to try to trick play. I guess Kelsey tried to throw a pass to Mahomes. Have you seen a replay of this? I didn't get a chance to watch I, it. I yet. haven't. I haven't. I, yeah. I'm going to rewatch the game tonight or tomorrow morning, but I haven't seen the play. I will say this, and I perfectly acknowledge it. I'm talking out of my ass here because I haven't seen the play. But I saw people on Twitter, and they were you know, bemoaning the fact that uh, the Chiefs got cute. It was trick play. They shouldn't have done that. That's going to matter. Listen, if you've been watching this team this year, when they get into the red zone, they score at a very good clip. And a lot of it is because they've just got brilliant plays down there that throw teams off, these little trick plays, little shovel passes, things like that, that get them in the end zone. I think it's brilliant. We haven't seen them really run the ball too well down in the red zone. So Andy's getting creative and it's been working. So like I understand it didn't work in this instance, but that kind of creativity is helping them get the ball in the end zone when they get down close. I don't have a problem with it. What I do have a problem with is that they were on the one foot line and they kicked a field goal at the beginning of the game. How do you feel about that decision, Burray? I didn't like it. Now, hell, it ended up being a margin of difference in the game, so take it for what it is. But, I mean, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. When you're the, the only reason I understand it to a degree, the Bucks are so good against the run. Now, the Chiefs, again, they ended up running very well. They didn't early in the game. Maybe Reed just said, you know what? I don't like the idea of trying to power it in here. And if we try to get cute, they have a very fast front seven, especially at the backers. Maybe Andy just felt like in that spot, it was going to be tough for the Chiefs to get it in. I, I don't necessarily agree. I would have tried to score, but I'm not a first ballot Hall of Fame head coach. So I will, and Andy's usually pretty aggressive. So I'll defer to Andy. I think that was the thought process. Obviously, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I kind of think that's where he was going. I'll tell you what I got a bigger problem with. I got a bigger problem with the Chiefs treating penalties like there's something that should be attained and not avoided. Um, yeah. I mean, excuse the somewhat salty language. God almighty, how many penalties are you going to take every week? Ten more penalties. 82 yards. And you know what? It's not always the amount of penalties because sometimes you take a penalty. It's not a big penalty. You know, you jump offside on a plate. It's, you know, it's third and, and goal, and it's at the one-yard line, and you're just trying to get a jump. The Chiefs, this game wouldn't even have been close if they didn't just blow a hole in their tires every single drive, it felt like, at the end of the game, especially the one drive where they basically could have made it, I think at the time, 34-17 and just ended the game. And – they took three holding penalties in the span of like four or five plays. Allegretti got one. Wiley got one. Fisher got one. And look, I'm not in the business of hammering players, okay? Just the eye test. Obviously, I haven't seen the film yet. Andrew Wiley's killing them. Killing them inside. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Stefan Wisniewski's now on the roster. Okay, I'll just I'll leave it at that. Um, but the penalties are just to kill. You got, you got those penalties, right? Those are three for 30 yards. Then you got... Frank, the, the Duble out of Clark, who there's 30 more yards. This crap kills you. It kills you. And they're so damn talented. They still win in spite of all this stuff. But I'm telling you, there is going to come a game. It's going to cost them. It's just like we were talking about with Butker, who, by the way, to his credit, two weeks off the bye has been great. Like, I didn't even want to talk of, about it. <laughs> I didn't even yeah. want to bring it up. You know, I don't want to jinx He's it. been great, though. He's nailed every key. He is, I believe, what, 10 of 10 kicking extra points and field goals. He's been awesome, and they've been down the middle. So it looks like they've rectified that. This crap's got us. And I know with Andy, they always take some penalties. And again, I'm not even that worried about, like, how many – but it's the, it's the type – those are killer penalties. You cannot take those penalties. 
I can live with the turnover as bad as it is. Look, it happens. You turn the ball over, and the Chiefs don't turn the ball over a lot. The penalties are just nonsense, and it's all the time. That is the biggest problem I've got. That and the pass rush are the only two things that worry me about this team. Everything else, forget it. This team is so much better than anybody else. that If, if they don't take penalties and they get moderate pressure, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Nobody's beating them. But th- those are the things that you have to watch out for, in my opinion. Yeah, the penalties are really frustrating. They kill these drives. Luckily, the, the Bucks had their share of penalties as well, eight for 57 yards. But I'll say a couple of those penalties were really ticky-tack. There was the holding penalty. I think it was on Fisher on the like the screen pad, the pass with Kelsey where he picked up the first down, had a nice little game, and they called a they called a hold on that one. I, some of them were were a little bit ticky tack, but you're right. There there are too many, and it's going to come back to bite them if they don't get it under control. Uh, but it, it just hasn't quite bitten them yet. They're ten and one. Um, so right. What? So then you know a little bit later in the game we had the Hardman drop for a touchdown. That was another play that. You know, okay, you take the you take the first drive. Well, maybe if they'd gone for it on fourth down and punched in him for seven, right? Then you get the you get the the strip sack uh, on Shaq Barrett. Uh, got Mahomes snuck up on him. Yep. Patrick never saw him coming. It was just he made a play. It was a good play. Chiefs were probably going in for seven on that. They were cooking, but that's another three points at least, maybe seven. And then you get the Hardman drop. And so you and I were debating this, but before the game, your old man claims bad throw by Mahomes. A little bit, yes. little bit behind Hardman. Twitter <laughs> claims that the drop is on Hardman. I have to say I agree. It was, it, look, it wasn't a great throw by Mahomes. It wasn't out in front of, of Hardman. But Hardman was wide open. There wasn't anybody anywhere near him. He catches that ball. Good night. Nobody's catching him. He's running to the house. So that was one of those plays where that, you know, that they just, it, he leaked out. He's wide open. He was a little bit behind him, hit him in the hands, dropped it. That's a touchdown taken off the board, right? I mean, these other guys, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a good football team. They do have Tom Brady. He's not what they he are. once was. So I think, you know, some of the – everybody, you know, is upset about the second half and how much closer it was. But I think we should all take a deep breath and remind ourselves, these guys come, are coming into the game with a winning record. They're a very good football team. On offense, they have weapons everywhere. Ronald Jones, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. As Connor, talented as anybody. Yeah, Gronk. I mean, Gronk's old, older than dirt, and and he's still going out there and putting up big numbers. Yep. Uh, six receptions yep. for 106 yards, and I think the Chiefs were okay with that. To be perfectly honest with you, yeah, they didn't he's wanna, not going to kill you, right? He's he, although he did have one big play, but you know, uh, yeah, okay, let him let him move the chains a little bit, catch the balls, be a little safety blanket for Brady, because you don't want these guys going over the top of you. You don't want Antonio Brown burning you, which they did exactly. a good job against him, by the way. They did. They did a hell of a job. Listen, I thought the corners did a really good job, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, Evans, Evans got the one touchdown grab and Godwin the one. But I mean, but look, they're, they're great players. And, you know, look, this all has to be said because I, like, I feel like we're very fair on the podcast. I know a lot of the reviews have even said, hey, we, we appreciate that you're, you're hard on them at times and, and you try to be honest, and, and we always right. try to do that. Um, but I also want to bring this back now, okay, and kind of come full circle with this because I feel like I am a lot of times I am I have – held to a very high standard. Look around the league today, right? Like if you're like me and you get annoyed with the lack of a pass rush and the penalties, certainly those are things that they're going to hear about all week long and they're going to have to try to clean up and fix. And that's all fair. But also keep in mind when, when you're getting annoyed by that, 
the Raiders went to Atlanta today and got beat 43-6. to six. Okay? The Raiders are a good team. They go in out there. I actually picked Atlanta in this game. I just thought the Raiders were going to get caught napping. I didn't think that was going to happen. They're getting hit by over the head basically by a two-by-four. But they lost 43-6. to six. The Rams coming off a huge win, two huge wins. Seattle, Tampa Bay, they come home, they lose to the Niners. Those are good football teams. And those teams lost games they never should have lost. The Chiefs are 10-1. and one. The Chiefs don't ever seem to lose games like that. Yes, they lost the Raiders at home. But the Raiders are a decent team. And that's at a game in October. These teams are fighting. The Rams are fighting for the division. The Raiders are fighting for the playoff lives. Kansas City, I mean, look, they're trying to get the one seed, but they're not, they're not in any danger of being any worse than a two seed. And here they are going on the road and putting up a, a light show in Tampa and winning a game against a very good team, never trailing, never being in serious threat of losing the game. I mean, Tampa never had the ball late, you know, where they could have tied it or taken the lead. So just keep that in mind. I, I do as well. Like, we can criticize and we can get on the Chiefs' case, and, and sometimes justifiably. They're 10-1. and one. They've pantsed Buffalo. They've pantsed Baltimore. They beat the Raiders on the road. I wouldn't say they pantsed Tampa, but they, they put it on Tampa pretty good in this game in a lot of respects. Like, the, the Chiefs are a, a ridiculous football team. And I just think, you know, sometimes we do have to appreciate just how great they are at times. I mean, they, all, through all these things we talk about, they just keep winning. Like, oh, and so in a lot of cases, handily. Yeah, uh, closer than you wanted it to be, given the way that they started. But I think if, if I told you last week during our preview of this game, yeah, Chiefs are going to win by three. They're going to put up big numbers. You'd have been like, all right, sure, great. Yes, yeah. this is a, they're playing a, a potential playoff team here. And that's what they were favored by, by the way. Right. Yeah, it was a couple little miscues that it could have been, they could have won by 20 in this game. But you're right. You look around the NFL and and even some games that you thought are going to be layups, all the Giants are going to kill the Bengals, right? They don't have Joe Burrow. They they barely eke by a two-point victory. Right. Um, You know, the the Cardinals, oh, you know, we're hearing all about uh, Kyler Murray. He's an MVP candidate. Loses to Cam Newton and the Patriots. Cam Newton can't play quarterback anymore. I mean, he's, he's not good. It's not good. And they, it's and they good. lost 20 to 17. So uh, yeah, it's, um, it's hard to win in the NFL and the rate that, again, the chiefs have lost one game in the last calendar year. One. That's incredible. It's a, a streak of dominance. I, I, we're gonna have to look at, see how many teams have done this because it can't be that many to go this long without losing a game. Or losing two games. It's, just, uh, it's incredible. It's incredible. And, you know, we talked to I don't know, how many weeks in a row early in the year we talked about, you know, the offense, they're not really, you know, doing what they normally do. They're not humming the way they normally hum. Mahomes, I just did the math while we were sitting there talking. After today, Mahomes is on pace for 5,086 yards. That's <laughs> pretty good. It's, like, it's unbelievable. What's like, his touchdown think, pace? 44. 44. What's he got now? 30. 30. Wow, that's incredible. And, you know, just for context on that, guys and gals, just for context, the Chiefs before Mahomes showed up in their entire history had one year of, of 30 touchdown passes. Len Dawson did it. I believe it was 1964. One year. 
He's now done that in two of the three years, and the other year would have done it no problem. He missed three games. Like the, he's going to throw, God willing, he's just as healthy, okay? He's going to throw for 40-plus. They got five games left. He's going to throw for two touchdowns a game. He's probably going to throw for 5,000 yards. I, I, he's, at bare minimum, he's going to be damn close. I mean, he, they got Denver, Miami, the Chargers, the Falcons, the, the Saints. He's probably chucking it for 5,000 yards. And I don't think he gets to 50 touchdowns because you're asking him essentially to throw four games. That, I think, is a, a big lift. But probably gets around 45. It's unbelievable. Like, I don't think pe- – and now they're one and two. Now, we'll see made Devonta Adams or DK Metcalf can, can usurp him here for the end of the, the uh, Monday night game. They're one and two, as you mentioned, uh, with, with Kelsey at two and, and Hill at one for receiving yardage. It's unbelievable. I mean, you look at them now, just just to wrap up on this whole point. So Hill's number one as of right now. He's got 1,021 yards, okay? If you extrapolate that, you know, his average, he's averaging 93 yards a game. He's on pace for 1,485. And, oh, by the way, he's on pace for 20 touchdowns. Um, and then you get to Kelsey, who is averaging 88 yards a game. He's on pace for 1,414. Not bad. They're they're pretty good. And that's what teams doubling and rolling coverage, none of it matters. It is a special group. Yeah, whole team is special. And by the way, Sammy Watkins was back today. Kind of a quiet game for him, not, not, not anything huge. Yeah, four, his way back. Yeah. Four receptions for 38 yards. But to be perfectly honest with you, there wasn't a whole hell of a lot to go around when you got Tyreek Hill catching 13 balls for 269, Kelsey another eight for 82. Everyone's got to know their role. And I will say, hats off to Demarcus Robinson. Had a tough game last week. Was getting roasted on Twitter. Showed back up this week. Again, didn't blow the doors off anything. Five receptions, 36 yards. No major mistakes. He caught five of his six targets. Converted a, a nice first down there for the Chiefs. Back back to normal. And in, in that's exactly where you want a guy like Demarcus Robinson. He's your, he's your third receiver, fourth receiving option going to help you move the chains a little bit. Just don't make mistakes, right? Right, right. And I think, you know, you you don't need Hardman or Watkins or Robinson or whoever you want. Like, they don't need to be unbelievable. They don't need that. They need to be good. And, you know, Hardman late in the game, Hardman made two very underrated plays in the game. Early in the game, he caught a punt. He probably should have fair caught and got walloped the second he touched well, it he and he didn't, he didn't fumble. Yeah. Did not fumble. Also, had a play in the second half of the game, and memory is uh, failing me right now. I, I want to say it was the fourth quarter. Mahomes hit him with a pass. It was, it was the play where Mahomes drifted back and drifted back and drifted back, and he threw it down the middle of the field, and he hit Hardman. Hardman got crunched. As he, it was a better play by Mahomes, but it was a, it was a nice play by Hardman. Um, those are the kinds of things. That's what you need. You don't need those guys to have 1,000 yards. You have Hill and Kelsey. The two of them combined are almost going to have 3,000 yards. You need to have guys who just singled up. They can make a play. They can do something. Those guys can do it. All right. We're going to take one more break. And when we come back, as we said, we're going to look at the AFC and start previewing next week's game, Sunday Night Football against the Denver Broncos. All right. We are back. This is the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. All right, Verderham, I got a question for you. So we've basically put a bow on – Chiefs Bucks, great win for the team. So, so far this season, 
Kansas City has beaten the Texans, the Chargers, the Ravens, the Patriots, the Bills, the Broncos, the Jets, Carolina, Vegas, and the Bucks. Which of those games do you think is Kansas City's most impressive victory? It's a good question. Um, I think in the moment, Baltimore. Because that was the only game of the year they were an underdog in. And people were talking, you know, it's like it's easier to forget now because the Ravens are just falling apart at the seams. But people were talking about the Ravens like they're the go, you know, runaway best team in football going into that game. And Kansas City just put an ass whipping on them. I mean, Kansas City just blew them out of the building in their own place on, on, on Monday Night Football. In retrospect, I think it's probably that Bills game. Like the Bills are a two loss team, if not for a Hail Mary. And they, they stitched them in to a clown suit. Pretty good neck. I mean, the Chiefs ran for 246. Allen had a, under 100 yards until that last meaningless drive at the very end. Um, so I think in retrospect, that game probably probably holds up the best. Um, but to me, it was that Baltimore game because there's such a thought that, oh, this is a, a showdown of Titan and, and Kansas City just absolutely plastered. But I will say I do think there's one – common theme in these games Baltimore Buffalo Tampa to some degree when they beat the Raiders when the Chiefs are challenged and they get up for the game they are a dominant team and then the Raiders I only say somewhat because the defense didn't bother to really play in that game but in all four of those games the Chiefs just offensively did whatever the hell they wanted to do anything they wanted to do in those games they did it Mahomes was ungodly in all of them and that's why when I look at Kansas City, man, I just get the feeling like when the playoffs come around, as long as they're healthy, you're just you're going to get their best shot, and you're you're probably just not going to beat them. Like unless unless you just have the game of your life, and the Chiefs have some bad luck. Good luck, I, and I think those games are a good illustration of it. Yeah, I mean that's the narrative going around right now about the Chiefs is if you're going to beat them, you have to play your absolute best game, and even then you still might not win. My sneaky best game for them, looking at the schedule, I agree with you. Baltimore was really impressive, especially going into the game and and where they were at at that point in time during the season. When we look back on this season, however it plays out, I don't think anybody's going to, nobody's going to pick this game and they're not going to remember. But I think one of their most impressive victories this year was their win against the Panthers. And I'll tell you why. We talked about it you know, during the weekend in our recap. The Panthers are a pretty good football team. And they had Christian McCaffrey back for that game, who's going to end up missing you know, a lot or most of the right, season. Right, most of the year. Yeah. Right? And he looked good. He was Christian McCaffrey. He's easily one of the top players in the NFL when he's healthy and he's on the football field. He's an absolute game wrecker. And there's not that many guys you can say that about. That was a really hard game for the Chiefs. And they pulled it out. And they held on. And I think looking at the schedule of games, that was a really impressive win because they're, those guys with McCaffrey are, I think, pretty pretty damn tough to stop. They're, they're tough to stop without them on the field. They are. And they're the kind of a team, I think they're similar to the Raiders, and they give the Chiefs a little bit of a problem because they, they just they get the ball out fairly quick. It's a lot of you know quick throws and and maybe a, you know a deep route is twenty yards. I mean it's not a lot of shot plays. It's very economical and efficient. And I do worry about that. I will tell you right now, with Pittsburgh, because that's how Pittsburgh is these days. 
The downside with Pittsburgh is I, I just don't think the quarterback is very good. I think the Chiefs can take advantage of different things. But that's another conversation for another day. I agree with you. Look, I think those are, those are games that, by the way, uh, as we're recording this, uh, the, the Bears and Packers are playing, if you want to call it that. And uh, Trubisky just made a play that I, I'm pretty sure they're going to have to cut the commercial here uh, just, just to save face. Just, <laughs> oh, like, no. like a play that if Mahomes ever made, we would all be like calling the authorities because we would have thought he was kidnapped. There was an impersonator. Like, first of all, it was some brutal picking a double coverage. Then he, then he just fumbles in his in the pocket. They pick it up and run it. In. It's twenty seven to three in the second quarter. Anywho, I agree with you. Um, that Panthers game was interesting. Teams that have to get the ball down the field against the Chiefs, which a, a Buffalo's and our team like that, it's hard to do because the Chiefs do have good corners. I'll I'll die on that hill forever. The Chiefs corners can play. One thing I will say we didn't talk about, I did like. I thought Juan Thornhill today bounced back where there were a lot of questions about, hey, where, where the hell was Juan Thornhill in that Raiders game? And Reed basically was like, look, he's a situational guy for us right now. He played more in this game. I thought he did a nice job. So that's, that's a good takeaway because they need Juan Thornhill. He's, he's a difference maker in the back end, and he can help on those efficiency type of teams because he's, he's got such speed, he can close, try to try to steal a route and, and maybe pick a ball off like he did last year against the Raiders. All right, let's talk about the AFC, give an update to everybody. So you got Pittsburgh, still the number one seed. They're 10-0. They're supposed to play on Tuesday against the Ravens. God knows if that game will happen, but if it does, Pittsburgh's going to win because our <laughs> the, the entire – Ravens team is on the COVID list or has COVID. So they're pretty much screwed, which is really unfortunate because, and we'll we'll break all this down after we get through the standings, but that was a game. I think we were all hoping that Pittsburgh might slip up. Second place, you got the chiefs. They're 10 and one third place, the Tennessee Titans who absolutely demolished the Indianapolis Colts who are not a bad football team today. Tennessee comes in with a three seed at eight and three. And you've got your three, eight, and three teams here. So Tennessee's got the three seed because they win a tiebreaker over Buffalo and head-to-head win percentage. Buffalo's the four seed at eight and three. The Cleveland Browns are the five seed, also at eight and three. Cleveland has clinched a non-losing season for the first time since, geez, 2007, I think. God bless them. Good for God bless fans. them. They did it. it. Yeah, Kevin Stefanski's done a really great job there taking advantage of the weapons that Cleveland has and they're uh they're rolling. Looks like they're playoff bound. Miami coming in at the sixth seed at seven and four. And then you have Indianapolis also at seven and four and that seven seed. And then in the hunt, the Ravens six and four, who are almost sure to lose on Tuesday, though you never know. And Vegas, the Raiders dropped to six and five after getting absolutely killed by the Falcons. You mentioned this earlier. I, you know, so look, I'm I'm ashamed to admit this. I've got Matt Ryan on one of my fantasy teams and I was looking at that game and I was looking at the way the Raiders have been playing, the way that Derek Carr had been playing. And I saw that Julio Jones was going to be out. And I know Matt Ryan doesn't play well when Julio Jones is out. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick up Derek Carr. I'm going to throw him in there. That Atlanta defense has been absolutely atrocious all season long. Should be good for 20 fantasy points. Nope. 0.6. As if, as if it wasn't bad enough that I, I started a Raider on my fantasy team, which serves me right. See what you did? Yep. He gets point six. Thank God Tyree Kill bailed me out. I got Tyree Kill, so he scored oh, over 50 oh, points. And that's <laughs> going to do okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. But 
so looking at these standings, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Tennessee. I think I think that's right. your your top tier because Tennessee they can be a little inconsistent, and and the quarterback is is a little hit or miss. Derrick Henry is just absolutely incredible. But are they going to run him into the ground again? I mean, how much is the man going to have left when the playoffs get here? I'll tell you what, man. I look at the ACL like this. All right. Well, let's just go from the bottom up. The Jets are their own category. Jacksonville's its own category. They fired Dave Caldwell today. Move on from the GM. Just kind of odd considering they didn't fire the coach. I don't know why you don't just do it simultaneously. Whatever. From New England down. From New England down, forget it. It's over. Okay. Pittsburgh's winning the North. The Chiefs are winning the West. It could clinch next week if the Raiders lose, but they probably won't play the play the Jets. Titans, Bills, Browns, Dolphins, Colts, like you said. And then the Ravens, Raiders, and the Hunt. To me, anything that's not the Steelers and the Chiefs in the AFC title game is a massive upset. I, I just Tennessee and Buffalo are good teams. They're both limited in their own ways. Okay, like we sit here and bitch about Kansas City's defense. Like Tennessee has given up 47 more points than Kansas City has, and Buffalo's given up 44 more points. And obviously neither one scored as many points as Kansas City has. I just, I'm sorry. I don't buy it. I don't see it. I think they're good teams. I think they're the kind of teams that if the Chiefs just don't bother to show up against them, you could lose. But if Kansas City plays a B-plus game, they're blowing either one of those teams out of the water, especially at Arrowhead. I look at the AFC wildcard picture, and I, I know your your uh, Ohio roots, so I, don't, I don't mean to disrespect here. Cle- Cleveland is the biggest fraud on the face of the earth in this thing. Like I, They've beaten nobody all year long. Mayfield is a disaster. Like I, If they go in and they find a way to beat Kansas City or, or Pittsburgh in a playoff game, all the credit in the world, I'll eat a hat. I do not see any way in hell. If you're one of those teams, you're, you're begging for Cleveland. Miami's got a good defense, but the quarterback situation's a mess. Tua is hurt right now, but he's not been good. Um, and Fitzpatrick in a playoff game. He's the kind of guy, he could have a good game. He could throw five picks. The Colts are interesting because they can play defense. Um, Rivers kind of, you look at him go, God, I mean, he's going to probably turn the ball over, but they're interesting. The Ravens are falling apart, and the Raiders, that's a killer of a loss today. You, you just cannot lose that game. Like, and the only saving grace for the Raiders is they get Miami and they get Indy in December, and they're both at home. But they're going to have to win those games. I don't know if the split even does it. They're going to have to – because Miami's next two games – well, excuse me. They, their next game is Cincinnati. They just beat the Jets. They're going to get to eight and four. Indianapolis is playing Houston this coming week, and the Raiders are playing the Jets. You'd think they'd all win. You're probably going into week 14 with the Raiders out of the picture. They're going to have to beat those two teams. Now, they're at home, but it's going to be some big boy football. No margin fairer now they lost to Atlanta. Houston's playing a lot better, by the way. Give they Romeo are. Cornell credit. Maybe not the guy you want as your coach long-term, but he's probably the, one of the best interim coaches of all time, as long as you don't bring <laughs> him back the next year. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I saw a graphic this week. I, I can't recall the actual numbers, but how much better Deshaun Watson has been playing you know, since Bill O'Brien has left the team or was fired. Um, and, you know, he's a really, really great quarterback. People aren't paying much attention to him this year, but he's helping get that team turned around. I got to tell you, out of the teams, so right now if the playoffs started tomorrow, the Chiefs would be the two seed and they would be playing the Colts. 
hosting the Colts in the first round. Out of the out of the teams in the playoffs, other than the Steelers, which team do you not want to play if you're Kansas City? All right. So other than Pittsburgh, who would I not want to play? Yeah. Of the playoff teams right now. So throw the Raiders out. We know we Right, we, we right. Other than one, two, seven. I got you. Yeah. Um I guess I guess I'd have to say it's between Buffalo and Tennessee. Indy's kind of a wild card there because they're good to – I just don't think the, they could stop them. And, I, and the Chiefs just – I feel like they pick Rivers off twice. Um, Buffalo, because the Titans have no defense. I just think the Chiefs are getting into a game with them where the Chiefs would just score a million points if they had to. They can't get a pass rush. They beat them last year in the playoffs. They showed that they can stop Henry if they have to. I just – and I think Allen's better than Tannehill. Like, I'm just a big believer in the quarterbacks in January. Patrick, I'll be honest with you. Th- my real answer is none of them. If Kansas City plays well, they're just not going to – and that includes Pittsburgh, by the way. If they play well, they're just not going to lose to these teams. They're better than them. They're just better than them. Like, I was going down the list earlier in my head with Pittsburgh. The best quarterback they've played this year is Deshaun Watson. Okay, who's a top five quarterback, great quarterback. They have not played one good combination of a quarterback and a team all year long. Like, obviously, Watson's great, the team stinks. They don't have one other game on the schedule they've played this year where, where both have been good. Like, the, the closest you get is Tannehill and, and the Titans and Jackson and the Ravens. And I'd argue Jackson's been awful most of this year. And Tannehill's a, a decent quarterback. I don't know. That, like, I, he's not top 10 to me. Like, the only time that's going to happen for them all year long is when they play Buffalo and Buffalo. That's it. Like, they don't play one other team that's any good that has, like, a top 10 quarterback on the roster. So, to me, when they play, if, if and when they play Kansas City, th- that's going to be like jumping up eight weight classes. They're going to be, oh, my God. Like, they actually have a quarterback? Like, oh, look at, look at that. Like, I, I just think where the Chiefs have been playing good teams often all year long. Yeah, I, I agree. Looking at Pittsburgh's schedule, because obviously we need them to lose a game the rest of the way. It doesn't look like it's going to be to Baltimore on Tuesday. That was one of the top contenders for a, a game that could trip them up. After that, they, got, uh, they host Washington, who our old friend Alex Smith maybe could do us a solid. They're playing pretty well. I don't think they're good enough to beat Pittsburgh, even with Smith at quarterback. But I would not be good defense. They win that game. I wouldn't either. And then they go. Then they go to Buffalo, which if the if the good Bills show up and they get that offense going, they absolutely can get it done. It's just I, those the sort of fringe good quarterbacks have have really struggled against Pittsburgh, and I think Josh Allen is that. So that could be a tough one. They were supposed to go to. I mean, they still will, but they were going to go to Cincinnati on December 21st. That was a game where maybe Burrow plays better against him the second time, but Burrow is unfortunately out for the season. That's a win. Then they play Indianapolis with Rivers. That's a game they definitely could get tripped up in. And they finish up the season at Cleveland. I'll tell you what. The Browns, they didn't play very well against the Steelers the first game. If they can learn from that, maybe they can give them a run. Cleveland lost 38-7 to in that first game. But I think Cleveland's those are your... going to need the game. Yes, they will. Very they likely. Will. They're going to need to win that game. And Cleveland, playing in Cleveland on January 3rd, there right. could be some weather. 
right? And that would that would favor Cleveland with the with the running game, and it would kind of take Mayfield out of the equation a little bit. They've eked out some wins in some bad weather recently, but I think that's it. It's 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 either Washington, Buffalo, Indy, or Cleveland. History says Pittsburgh's going to lose a game. Do you They're think they? Do you think they lose a game? Yes, I think they lose two. Yeah, I think they lose a game because. They're not – look, I watched every Pittsburgh snap this year. Pittsburgh's a very good team. I don't want to be one of these people who's just a complete homer. Like, oh, look, Pittsburgh's a very good football team. They're number two in my power rankings. They're good. They're really, really good. Like, they could absolutely beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs don't play well. That all said, I, it's so hard to run the table in the end. There's a reason it's only happened twice, okay? It is just so difficult to do it. And obviously, the one year in New England, they didn't even win at all, and, and no team's ever gone sixteen zero and ran the table uh, to the end. I think Pittsburgh's going to lose to Buffalo. I do. I, I think the, Allen is much better this year. I think they will win that game. It's a Sunday night game in Buffalo. That's going to be a big game. The Bills may even be trying to hold on to the division or clinch it. Like I, I think it's a big one for them. Um, I also think they're going to lose to Indianapolis. The only thing in that game that scares you is, just, is, is the wild card that is Phillip Rivers. He could play great. He, he could throw three picks. Um, I think they'll lose twice. But I do think they'll definitely lose once. And I got to tell you, that, that is the one thing that comes out of this game with the Chiefs beyond just that they won. Chiefs now play Denver at home. Then they go to Miami. They're, gonna be, they're a 13-point favorite against Denver. They're going to be a huge favorite against Miami as long as they win on Sunday night. Then... They, they play New Orleans. That's the only game on the slate left that you look at and say, well, I, you know, maybe. And then they come home, they play Atlanta, and they play the Chargers. If they beat New Orleans, they're going 15-1. I, I mean, unless they just really fall apart in one of these games, I just do not see that happening. They're going to be – I mean, they got five games left, three of them are at home. Gonna be, if they beat New Orleans, they're going to be 15-1. and one, And they'll win a tiebreaker um, in all likelihood here against, against, the, against the Steelers. So – I think for the Chiefs, the goal has to be a listen. Beat Denver, beat Miami, look up, see where you are going into that New Orleans game. Because if you're tied with, with the Steelers and you're just, you go balls to the wall against New Orleans, knowing that if we win this, we're probably locking up that bye. And the Saints, look, they're a really good football team. Their defense has been playing great. If Drew yep. Brees isn't back for that game, I, I know everybody wants to get all excited about Taysom They have Hill, no shot. Is, he can't no throw shot. the football. If you look at his stats from today, you know they they won easily. Of course they did. They played a team with no quarterback. But if they go up against Taysom Hill, I I don't think they have a particularly difficult time with that game. To be perfectly honest, no, they'll with destroy you. Taysom Hill. No, because because they'll, they'll, they'll be I mean, too one dimensional. It'll well, be like look, playing Lamar light, very light. Um, look, Taysom Hill today, and you're right. They went against a Broncos team that was basically you know, fighting a fight with two hands tied behind their back. Taysom Hill was 9 of 16 with 78 yards and a pick. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're not beating the Chiefs with Taysom Hill. Like, I feel real good about that, that they're not winning that game. And I respect that they've been much better defensively. Look, the Saints have been much better defensively. They're 9-2, and two, all right? They've won eight in a row. Here are the point totals have given up the last four weeks. 3-13-9-3. That said, the Buccaneers, great win. Niners, Falcons, Broncos. Not exactly the Chiefs. All right? like, I, I'm sorry. Nick Mullins, Matt Ryan, 
and and who's who's good but not, uh, not an MVP anymore at this point in his career. And and poor Kendall Hilt Hinton for the for the Broncos, who the poor guy had never thrown a pass in his life. It was just tossed in there at the final second because of the COVID situation. The Saints, by the way, their next two games before they see a Chiefs, couple of road games, Falcons and Eagles, they're probably going to show up on, on a on a 10-game winning streak. And that is going to be a great matchup. That is right now. It was my Super Bowl pick before the year. It's my Super Bowl pick now. I think they're the two best teams in the NFL um, in terms of what could be a Super Bowl matchup. Yeah, that's a good pick. I, I got to be honest with you. I'm looking at the schedule too. They're going to kill the Broncos. I don't care if they've got their quarterbacks back or not. The Chiefs have been playing very well against this Broncos team the last couple of years. They annihilated them last year with what Patrick yeah, they'll Holmes destroy like played part of the they're going to kill them. I, I don't think they're going to have any trouble with Miami. Miami's a good team. The Chiefs better not let their guard down against Miami, but they just I don't think the Dolphins have the firepower to keep up with Kansas City. I think it's going to be a little bit of shock and awe. Yeah, New Orleans is the only one. Atlanta, if Atlanta plays defense like it did today against the Raiders, the, Atlanta could be a problem, but I, I just don't see it. I think the Chiefs go 15-1. and one. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right, any, any parting thoughts? Uh, did you have a good, uh, an okay Thanksgiving? I know you got a lot going on over there. Thanksgiving was interesting. Uh, as you know, and a lot of people follow me on Twitter now, my wife, um, she is an incredible person. She's a nurse. She's been on the front lines of all this stuff. Uh, she avoided it for a long time. She tested positive for COVID on a Wednesday. Um, luckily, she's doing fine uh, for anyone who cares. Uh, she's, uh, she's tired a lot, but she's other than, otherwise fine. Um, and so Thanksgiving, we were going to cook a big lasagna. We were going to hang out with Maisie, my daughter. Um, didn't happen. Uh, my wife has basically been quarantined with you know very few respites in our bedroom. So I've been in the guest room and, and Maisie. Uh, yeah, I tell you, man, it's tough because she's three. And so she gets it, but she doesn't totally get it. And like, she came out to me, she's crying. I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, I just want to hug mom. Like, and I, it's like, what do you tell your kid? You know, like you can't, you can't hug her. Um, so my Thanksgiving in this week has been more about concern for my wife and keep my daughter happy. So not to answer that on the downer, but to be honest, it's just been a tough week. And, uh, you know, and, and thank you to you and the other guys and, and, and whatnot, a fan side who have been so understanding and patient with me as I, as I worked at a snail's pace here the last few days. Um, but, uh, no, listen, all in all, thankful. It's a mild case at this point. Thankful. Maisie and I tested negative. Thankful that things seem to be on the, on the, you know, the upward trajectory. So, you know what, man, Thanksgiving, uh, not bad. All things considered. And we've talked about uh, your wife on this podcast before being a frontline worker, a nurse out there. You know, she's, she didn't get COVID because she's out there monkeying around, not wearing her mask and doing no. stupid stuff. She's out there helping people. And I know she's anxious to, to get over this and get back to helping people. And, uh, you know, just hats off to her. And I know all of Chiefs Kingdom appreciates her sacrifice and, and your family's sacrifice. And, and we just hope no. that it stays a mild case for her. Yeah, no, thank you. And I'll tell you this. You know, it's funny. Uh, we can, I'll end on this for me. Um, I tweeted about it on Thanksgiving. Hey, you know, have Thanksgiving and be thankful and all this stuff. And you know, I, I'm thankful for my wife. And I went through why. And I mentioned the COVID thing. I can't tell you. I didn't think anything of it when I tweeted it. I cannot tell you the amount of people who reached out to me based off of that about how, you know, my wife and how they're, they're thinking of her, including people in the NFL. 
like who texted me, who saw the tweet, and I guess, you know, follow me, whatever, on a burner or whatnot, like who just reached out early Thanksgiving morning, hey man, hope you're feeling it it restored a little bit of faith in humanity. Certainly didn't tweet it looking for any kind of response. I just tweeted it because I was thankful for my wife. Thanksgiving morning, I had a quiet moment and just thought about it. It was incredible the amount of people who were like, hey, tell your wife we're thinking about her, you know, saying a prayer or whatever. Like it was, it was really reaffirming. In a year that has been anything but reaffirming, um, it was a really nice thing to see and, and it also something I'm thankful for. Well, get well soon, Steph. And I'll leave us on one, one uh, so somewhat lighter note. Uh, one of yeah. the reviews, I, I, I don't know if I read it last week. We got it on the 24th from T. Jerry 27 He left it during Raider, uh, after the Raiders game. And I just uh, w- I want to appreciate the very end of his review. This was from Thomas. He said, uh, listening from Vegas, home of the Roomba, which is what they call the, the, the <laughs> yeah. stadium. Uh, listening from Vegas, home of the Roomba and garbage, the Raiders that plays in it, Coach Chiefs. So that's how he signed off from his, uh, from his review on Apple Podcasts. Absolutely hilarious. We got a really hilarious question last week as well. So um, we're going to be recording again on Thursday. We'll be back to our normal time. And so you've got time. If you get some questions in, uh, maybe Monday they may show up by Thursday, so we uh, leave them on Apple Podcasts. We can answer them there. You can also always just tweet at, uh, at me or at Matt. He's at, at Matt Verderam. I'm at, at R. Patrick Allen. Appreciate your follows. Make sure you're following at Arrowhead Addict, and make sure you follow the lead expert over at, at Arrowhead Addict, at Matt Connor AA. Matt does a tremendous job. They've always got great fallout coverage. They're whipping up articles right now. Some of them are probably already published. And you can basically spend your Monday just reading Arrowhead Addict. You'll be able to find out everything that happened, all the fallout from the game. What did Andy say? What did Pat say? All that stuff. Any changes that happened with the roster, they're always right on top of that stuff. So you need to make just, just bookmarking Arrowhead Addict and reading that on a daily basis. And make sure you're also checking out Matt's podcast, Stacking the Box, general NFL podcast on fanside.com and reading his column comes out every Monday. It is also called Stacking the Box. All right, everybody. Thank you again for listening. Went a little long tonight, but that's okay because the Chiefs won. We will see you again on Thursday. And thank you for listening. As always, go Chiefs. So how much of that cookie dough did you eat? A lot. A lot of it? A lot. Like, I I I made a pumpkin chiffon pie. We polished that off. Oh last yeah, night. how would it go yeah. for you? I remember you saying it, that. It was good. Is it, so the difference, what makes it chiffon? I don't know if you're familiar, but it's just like a regular pumpkin pie. But then you make this like, um, it's not really a custard. It's uh, you just you basically put egg whites in a bowl with some sugar, and you start whipping that together, um, and it makes like this. Uh, it just makes the, oh, and, and cream of tartar. Yeah. You put that, you okay. put that on, and you whip yep. it, and you whip it, and you whip it with the with the egg beater, and it gets like real thick and white, and it makes oh, it's a meringue. It like makes a meringue. Okay, and you yeah. mix that in with the pumpkin filling, and it just gives it a different flavor. It's a little fuller. Uh, oh god, it was so good. We polished that off. So basically, I'm gonna starve myself until Christmas, and then the <laughs> yeah. Buckeyes come, the cookie, and then we're just going. It's gonna get it's gonna get pretty nasty. So any cookies that exist past today, I'm freezing. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase. It's a culture, and the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by.
Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.